they don't think America is the greatest. Sure used to be. We stood up for what was right. We reached for the stars. Acted like men. Fix man! And so we ask ourselves, will our actions echo across the centuries? Will strangers hear our names long after we're gone? When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another. We stood up for what was right. And when we go into battle, I will be the first to set foot on the field, and I'll be the last to step off. Truths. To be self-evident. That all men are created equal. What we do in life. Welcome back to another edition of Where Liberty Dwells. This is your host, Pack and Patriots. So, next week, guys, um, I want to go ahead and get a jump on this. Next week is going to be a really good podcast. It is going to drop on the 4th of July, uh, which means that there will be a special podcast, of course. Um, no, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have um, quite a few uh, guests on this podcast. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's going to, like I said, it's going to be special. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give too too much away. Um, what I what I am going to do right now though is for this particular week I'm going to play a I'm play a clip and uh, be forewarned uh, this podcast will be uh, explicit there will be um, clips and a bunch of stuff that are um, that are very uh, explicit so I'd like to number one apologize uh, beforehand for this but at the same time let's be real guys this this stuff uh really does need to be said so this first clip is by a guy um stefan art arneo was a real estate investor just passed away this past may really good guy but i want you to take a listen to this and um you know we'll go from here so here we go this is men are weak today okay so okay. the men are weak okay. that's where we started and then we went way in the weeds with feminism, social justice warriors, women and gay people and transgenders. Okay, real quick, he's on a podcast. He's kind of he's going over uh, his his audio, what he was saying on the podcast. Um, but you need to listen to this. So I don't know if you guys noticed, we didn't talk about what a man is or why we need men or what we did with toxic masculinity a little bit. Yeah. We talked about the absence of men, but we didn't talk about what good things men do. And that's where I think this whole discussion actually needs to go more is, hey, guys, we got to bring the men back because the society does need men and strong men and men who can lead, men who can have families, men who can have babies, men who can actually do things. The conversations here are those father to son conversations that aren't happening anymore. I said on stage, you know, this, this, car, this convention shouldn't exist. because we father should... taking the son out in the garage. Yeah, in the yes. garage. Yeah. And, and yeah. we should have men's groups locally where... I go to the Winnipeg, whatever, and you go to the Florida, whatever, whatever the local thing is, and the men would get together. And that is that has been systematically destroyed in the last 50 years, right? But what I'm finding right now in the marketplace is men and women are searching for meaning. Mm-hmm. 
and meaning has been lost because we took religion out, okay? We took the Judeo-Christian roots out of society. And then, you know, even some new religions like Scientology, they're like, they banish that. That's the last religion you can be prejudiced towards on the whole face of the earth. They took Scientology away, they took Christianity away, they took Islam away, they took, well, Islam's cool right now, but they took everything away, so there's no religions, and now man is struggling to find meaning. All right, so um, I hope you all uh, like that clip. So from his book, uh, Hard Times Create Strong Men, uh, I do want to read a, a slight passage uh, from it real quick. Um, and I'm going to quote this. So again, if there is language, I do apologize. But it's stuff that needs to be said. So here we go. This is talking about, um, let's talk about traditional stuff. Uh, he starts off uh, with a quote that Benjamin Franklin said. It says, quote, the U.S. Constitution doesn't gar- does not guarantee happiness. It ge- only guarantees a pursuit of it. So with that, he's already going back to the founding of our country and saying, you know what? Uh, there's nothing that guarantees happiness, which I think a lot of people have taken um, wrongly and taken saying, oh, it has to be we, – we have to consider it happiness, you know, which is, is total BS. I mean, it's, it's, that's up to you. Uh, regardless – um, he goes on in the book to say, uh, young men of today are somewhat avoidant of women. Many no longer desire to get married to a woman, leaving an entire generation of women familyless and childless and forced into the workforce to do tasks that are far less sacred and more important than motherhood. Instead, these women are quote unquote empowered and statistically devoid of family or children and a meaningful relationship with men. Women are more empowered than ever, but statistics prove that women are more unhappy than ever without a family or a job. What is the most satisfying job for women in the modern world? Out of all the professions, women still find being a housewife to be the most satisfying. And he got this from a Daily Mail article entitled, The Job That Makes Happiness, or The Job That Makes Happiest Housewife. Survey finds stay-at-home mothers satisfy profession. Uh, Look that up on the Daily Mail. I promise it's a real article. Uh, Anyway, he goes on to say, The traditional biological roles of men and women have been the source of happiness and meaning throughout the history for both sexes. So, and yes, I do have the book I was reading out of. So, with that, um, we really have to start digging in um, and looking at ourselves. So, our culture... Number one has been uh, demasculized. Uh, for straight white Christian American males, uh, it's a crime. We're persecuted, um, and I'm not saying like we're hunted down and killed or anything like that. I'm not talking about that type of persecution, but we are persecuted, especially in the sense of, you know what, everything's stacked against us. Which I mean, to be fair, it kind of always has been, but. Everything stacked against us also in the sense of society, the culture we're living in now, just everything because you have all these women saying, oh, I want to be free, I want to be empowered, I want to be this and this and this. And it's 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 a bunch of BS is what it is. And the fact that today we have issues uh, in this country is we have uh, the rise of pornography. And honestly, it's always been around. Don't let anybody fool you into thinking it's just because of the cell phone or computer age that uh, porn skyrocketed, skyrocketed. No. 
Uh, anybody with a head knows Playboy's been around since, what, the, the 20s or 30s. I mean, it was before that. They're finding pictures all the way, like, since the earliest pictures could be taken of pornography. So, it's been around for a very, very long time. But what is different now versus any other time is it's widespread. That's that's the difference. I think I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is especially in America. And just for reference, on this podcast, unless I'm talking about the world, I'm going to um going to be uh referencing America and referring to America. Um like I said, unless I specify otherwise. Uh so in this country, uh we have an issue because we have a lot of men Excuse me, we have a lot of males. There's not a lot of men anymore. We have a lot of males. Um, and what they're doing is... They are not becoming men. They're not taking responsibility. They're not working. They're not going to get a degree to be able to work. They're not having a success, successful career. They're not, you know, um, becoming uh, involved in family life. Uh, they're not becoming uh, involved in in their church. Um, they're really they're throwing uh, beliefs and religion just out the door, and it's I mean people people are weak, and that's why you're seeing such an aggressive um, uh, push by the left in far as far as in terms of uh, feminism and everything, is because they understand the left understands if you demasculate the men. And try to empower the women. All of a sudden you have a totally lopsided culture. Because it doesn't work. Women are not supposed to lead. They're not supposed to take charge. And to be quite honest and quite frank. Most of them are really not good at it. Um, but once you, once you do a culture like that. You make it ridiculously easy for whoever wants to take power. To take power and keep power. Because not only do you have a... Um, um, a back and forth politically, but you have a back and forth uh, in the social part as well, as far as, you know, men and women going back and forth with each other. And that's something that needs to make y'all worried. And that is something that needs to really um, be on your mind a lot. So, just... You know, going back and forth. There is a lot of things that we need to work on as a society. Or excuse me, there's a lot of things we need to work on individually for our society. The biggest thing is masculinity and the biggest thing is not is not backing down now the issue with this is a lot of people do <clears throat> a lot of people do back down quite frequently unfortunately and there's nothing we can really we can really do about that what we can do is ourselves make sure that uh that we don't back down. So the second clip I'm going to play you is uh, from Paul Harvey. 
1965. If I were the devil. Sorry, I started it. I started it first. Uh, he recorded this in 1965. Uh, I want you to listen to it and um, really, really listen to the words. If I were the devil. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect the discipline emotions. Just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey... Okay, that, that was in 1965. Guys, that should blow your mind, number one. Number two, that ought to make you start getting a little bit worried. That was in 1965. We are now in the year of 2020. The fact is, this is nothing new that has been going on. This has been going on for a while. What is new, if you like to call it that, 
was people or is people. And I'm not talking about the vast majority of people, but I'm talking about the people that need to are starting to wake up. They're starting to get tired of all this bullshit. And they're starting to realize, hey, this is not it's not natural. It's not right. In fact, it's wrong. So one thing that we need to keep um, keep thinking about is the root cause of it. And the root root cause of it, humanly speaking, is the lack of masculinity. Because if you have masculinity present, you're going to have families present. You're going to have God present. You're going to have a balanced society. Because when when you have the masculinity present, then that jump starts everything a more of a biblical type of proportion. Now, divorce rates in this country are over are over 50%. That's that's pretty sad. Half of all marriages fail. There's statistics, there's this and this and this and this and this. And you know, it just keeps going and going and going. And this is one thing that should um should kind of concern most of you is it's not stopping. And it's not um it's not subsiding. It's it's really it it just it's kept on going. So I'm play you an, another clip of uh, Stefan Arenio's uh, "Hard Times" uh, cre- or "Hard Times Create Strong Men." So listen to this, and um, uh, and then I'll start talking for a good minute. Strong men. On June sixth, nineteen forty-four, America led the largest land sea invasion in history to storm the beaches of Normandy in France and take back Europe from Hitler and the unstoppable Nazi war machine. Young men, 15, 16, and 17, too young to fight but lied about their ages to defend their country, crammed 36 at a time into the rickety Higgins boats made of wood and metal to fight an uphill battle against the seasoned Nazi war veterans who'd blitzkrieged across Europe and who had violently brought Europe to its knees. The young men were scared, and some vomited before the front door of the Higgins boat would open and display the beach of death ahead. Their guns were wrapped in plastic to keep the gunpowder dry so they could still swim through the water onto dry land and fire a bullet when the time came. Some of the boats exploded on water mines before reaching... Okay, so um, I wanted to play that clip, and I'll have another one uh, in a minute uh, in addition to that. But what I wanted to point out with that clip is that this is what a lot of people, uh, I do believe, forget is... We're at a time in our history to where you're seeing an absence of men. Sure, you have guys. I mean, all you need is something between your leg and biologically you're a guy. That's not, that's not what a man is, though. A man is something totally different. 
A man is somebody that takes responsibility. A man is somebody who uh, has a traditional family. A man is somebody who understands the whole concept of tradition and promotes it. Uh, the the thing that we don't have now is we don't have a lot of those. We don't have a lot of those men. We really don't. And we can see how our country is going down the tubes faster than it ever has before. Every single country from the dawn of creation always, always comes under attack. And in the past, I don't know, in the past few thousand years, we've seen it more and more often that masculinity is targeted. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, in Greece, uh, before Greece became one uh, whole country, you had city-states, which is a lot like the United States did uh, before we lost uh, the South lost the Civil War and we became one country. But you had different uh, city-states. You had Athens, you had uh, Sparta, you had uh, quite a few other quite a few other ones. Um, Athens was known for being a homosexual or a hub of homosexuality, boy lovers, and then Sparta. Uh, of course, I hope everybody knows of the story of the 300, but they were warriors. They were men. They had families. They had very traditional families. And the Spartans would scorn the Athenians because of how they acted, because of the culture they were in. Because, like I said, the Spartans were more traditional. They were, more, they were very heavily um, based in war. And the, Athen the Athenians, like I said, were not. And it, it was a growing point of contention. And this, this was hundreds of years, too. This wasn't just, you know, a month or two and then a new cycle moved on. No, this was hundreds of years. They went to war several times. Um, in the end, like I said, Greece ended up uh, converging onto one solid country and did away with the city-states. But it goes back to there was a culture war going on. You had men and you had feminized, I don't even know what you call them, fairies, going to war with each other to see which culture would win. And in the end, Spartan culture did win multiple times. Um, it was only after uh, Greece decided to become whole that that warrior culture started to fall. Because at that point, you had the people in government were not the warriors. Because the, the whole concept of... Um, being a man is, of course, yes, you do what you have to do, but no, you're not going to actively seek out and be like, oh, well, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, run for political office, you know, it's the whole concept, the whole basic biological concept of being a man is protection, is providing, it's, 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 it's being like a John Wayne type of soldier. Um, in reality, it's changed slightly from that, but that's the biological want, for masculinity. That is the biological desire to achieve. That is why you have so many guys, um, or this is why you used to have so many guys, you know, grow up and enlist in the military. That was, you know, they, they were trying to fulfill their warrior model. And in Greece, uh, that's what the Spartans did. But, you know, the Athenians and other city-states got into government, started doing everything, and Sparta became just obsolete, just non-existent. Um, and Greece, you know, fell by the wayside and crashed and burned because they didn't have good masculine roles.
Um, I want to play another clip uh, from Hard Times. It's, uh, it's a video, so I'm going to let you listen to it, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Let me get this up. Millennial, I can say that my generation is certainly epicurean in nature. We are indeed living in a time of weak men who create hard times. Today's young man is between 20 and 30, drowning in pleasure through video games and pornography. He will not even have a serious or real relationship with a woman to make a family or bear children until late in life or perhaps ever. Our birth rates are down and costs of living are high, so traditional families are in decline. Today's young man puts his own personal happiness first above all else. He has limited desire and ambition. In effect, he must live modestly. He is the most educated a young man has ever been in history, but he takes little action to use his education to reach his potential in life. Unfortunately, as I write these words, I believe we're living in the weak men creates hard times part of the cycle. A nation is born a stoic and dies an epicurean, Will Durant. Strength and success are born out of stoic values. The Stoics elaborated a detailed taxonomy of virtue, dividing virtue into four main types, wisdom, justice, courage, and moderation. To have wisdom, justice, courage, and moderation is to be strong enough where one will defer his or her own happiness and pleasure for virtue. To the Stoics, virtue was more important than happiness in life. In contrast, Epicurean values stem from Epicurus. He believed that what he called pleasure was the greatest good, but that the way to attain such pleasure was to live modestly, to gain knowledge of the workings of the world, and to limit one's desires. This would lead to attain a state of tranquility, ataraxia, and freedom from fear as well as an absence of bodily pain, aponia. The combination of these two states constitutes happiness in its highest form. Epicureanism is a form of hedonism, source Wikipedia. When pleasure, personal happiness, limited desire, modest living, knowledge without action, tranquility, absence of bodily pain, and hedonism take over, a weak man is born. As a millennial, I can say that my generation is certainly epicurean in nature. We are indeed living in a time of weak men who create hard times. Today's young man is between 20 and 30, drowning in pleasure through video games and pornography. He will not even have a serious or real relationship with a woman to make a family or bear children until late in life or perhaps ever. Our birth rates are down and costs of living... Alright, do y'all understand how sad this is? This video keeps going. Like, this is exactly what we're seeing now and like just hearing it ought to make you just go like wow this is just so ridiculously sad it's not even funny but here i'm gonna uh, let y'all finish listening to the video potential in life he has an absence of bodily pain and we now have safe spaces and cry spaces on campuses to validate our generation's weak emotional fortitude he is free to evade reality he is free to unfocus his mind and stumble blindly down any road he pleases, but not free to avoid the abyss he refuses to see, Ayn Rand. My grandmother's generation, born in the 1920s, lived through the Great Depression, fought in World War II, 
built a house and a family and went on to be one of the most successful, virtuous, happy, and wealthy generations in history. Alright, so that was the end of that. Y'all understand how sad that is just hearing it? Because it's true. Everything he said is 100% true. Um, that is something that should make every single one of you kind of shake your head and be like, wow. Of course, I don't expect it to make every single one of you do that. But I do expect that hopefully this... This podcast episode just makes you think all the more about this stuff. Um, this was not what I was originally planning to have this podcast on. I had some stuff come up this week that kind of made me realize, hey, you know what? I think I need to have a podcast on masculinity. And I've had a couple podcasts that have uh, heavily touched on the topic. Um, however, I have not had one that I have solely dedicated to it as much as I, uh, as much as I have on this one. Uh, I don't want to keep y'all super long, and like I said, this was going to be a shorter podcast. Um, guys, go check out Stefan uh, Arneo's uh, Instagram. The page is still up. They're still posting uh, tribute videos for him and um, still posting his seminars, interviews, and that type of stuff. Uh, really great man. Um, uh, great man, and just his, his wealth of knowledge that he did apply. You know, it's just, it's something that... That y'all need to start looking into. Um, I follow him. I follow him. So just uh, type in Stefan and it should pop up right there. Uh, regardless, guys, uh, thank you for joining me on the podcast again this week. Like I said, next week uh, I will not release a podcast until the 4th of July. I'm going to have a special. Um, I hope you listen and join in. And uh, until then, guys, um, we'll see you next time. Uh, Stay safe, stay, stay strapped, and uh, we'll see you next week.